1: Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast The best podcast in the world There, I've said it, it's happening uh, Today I am joined by two men who have never podded together, I believe well, This is just incredible that this could ha- two titans could be apart for so long I have with me Craig Anderson Hello And Yoon Taylor Hello this is this is incredible. I, I feel like I'm uh, a witness to history. Well, we I had actually
0: Pelted you... once before, but Craig forgot, so uh, when, maybe when it was not Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> we did that? the uh, the transfer uh, the transfer deadline day pod. We did, but it was it was oh, a fairly oh, yeah, unremarkable. Did, yeah, sorry,
2: uh, I, I do remember that. I was I was in a different a different. Uh, Different location, so it says. Okay. I mean, this is, this is the first proper podcast we did. But I, I do, I yeah, do yeah. now remember uh, doing
1: that. This, this, this feels like standards are slipping. that Craig Anderson's got something wrong uh, for the first time. So maybe, maybe that, maybe this is the sign of the apocalypse, and maybe this is the last podcast we'll be bringing you. But yeah, we'll, but we'll take you through an action-packed all Saturday edition of the SPFL Premiership, and we'll start with. Actually, what turned out to be one of the probably most entertaining games of the season so far, were in Paisley. There was not that many Livingston fans, which was an outrage. <laughs> apparently, it was Saint Mirren versus Livingston, uh, where uh, Saint Mirren kept their top six credentials alive uh, against the other per, uh, perennial bottlers of the of the top six challenge. Uh, Livingston at the whatever they're calling um, new new Love Street uh, these days. Uh, Ewan, how how impressed were you by? This as a as a spectacle.
0: Ah, it was good. It was uh, sort of two uh, sort of up and up teams being being quite up and at them. There There's some very funny moments. Obviously, the tremendous save uh, from from Ayunga was probably my my highlight and the <laughs> the uh, reaction um, of uh, his goalkeeper behind him just absolutely raging that he couldn't uh, he couldn't save it himself um, And Trevor Carson. So no, it was it was a good game. I mean, I thought someone. Were probably the better team, but I, I I was you're relatively impressed with what what I saw of uh, of Livingston as well. I thought they played pretty well. I thought um, Bambula had a good game uh, down the right hand side, seemed to cause uh, uh, some quite a lot of problems. Um, had a sort of standard uh, game where it you know, doesn't look like scoring, but. Um, you know, it just looks absolutely tremendous, and everything else he does. Um, and then yeah, obviously a bit of a, a twist in the tail with the uh, with the, the last uh, the the late winner. So so yeah, I mean, it's two teams that I I think are fighting or sort of, you know above their weight, and and probably will, will will finish you know above where they probably should in the league come the end of it. Um, and and well, certainly on, on current form, it looks like they deserve to.
1: Now you've been a, a long critic of uh, Australians coming yes. to coming to the SBFL. You are having to eat some um, uh, Timmy cams ba- yeah, over, ba- over, over over Kyle Bacchus. Yeah,
0: Bacchus is probably the exception that proves the rule, you know. Um, but now nah, he he's he's been good uh, and obviously you know the, he, the, he made his Australia debut in, in um, midweek I believe and um, had quite a lot of travel as did indeed uh, Alice Grieve uh, the the other goal scorer for Suberin so uh, pretty impressive performance it looked like from him good header for the goal um, and and yeah I mean he's he sort of typifies Suberin I suppose just all energy uh, it feels like their tactic is really you know get men behind the ball and but then when the ball gets forwards you'll get plenty play bodies forward uh, and you know now generally speaking that will cause any team you know problems and uh, and that's certainly been the been the case in the league so far uh, and you probably see you know some kind of you know arguably team of the season so far in terms of uh, you know how they're they're getting on i mean they're only what i think four points behind Rangers, is it um, which is pretty decent. Uh, so not not,
1: not, not, that have, not that they've got you worried. No,
0: <laughs> well we're playing them uh, at uh, Ibrox next Saturday, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, could could be one point. Um, but uh, but I, I mean I think because obviously that kind of um, that that kind of setup caused Celtic a lot of problems, and it will it will cause a lot of teams in the league problems because yeah, because <laughs> I because I think a lot of a lot of teams will inevitably no, no matter how well. St they're doing. Teams will go and play against St Mirren, and and think they can get something, and will will you know, uh, sort of fall into the trap a wee bit. Uh, and uh, you know, at the moment, just St Mirren seem to sort of have an answer for everybody.
1: Yeah, Craig, how do you feel? Obviously, a uh, Kilmarnock fan uh, that when when teams like Livingston and St Mirren are are playing above. Or below par, no, above par, whatever. I don't know.
2: I, I find I find the par thing quite interesting because in golf you want to be below par, but in everything else you want to be above yeah. par. So it's <laughs> quite a it's quite a confusing metaphor
1: to use. But how how does it feel when you see teams that you potentially or probably have more resources than uh, are are kind of outperforming themselves I think yeah, it's been in we, we've kind of been on the other side of that a fair bit
2: maybe over the last two or three years where we've you know been punching punching above our weight but yeah then now, I mean not we'll get on to Kelly in general I think the club as a whole is going in the right direction now but there, there are some um yeah there, there, these <laughs> St Mirrenly I think St Mirren are, are a slightly smaller club than Kelly but are more or less kind of on a par and like they they have not uh they have not really had a good time of it considering that and, and this this we'll, we'll see how long this lasts they look a good team they look impressive every time i've seen them to be honest which which i wasn't expecting given the league cup because they, they were pretty pretty mes- much a mess in that yes Everything yes I saw, be- I saw,
1: when i saw them against Airdrie uh they were a gang like it was it was it was an awful performance and it's <laughs> I find it quite alarming to watch how competent they are now and whether it was just they needed uh, they just needed some more games together um, and, and Stephen Robinson just to, to, to moan at them but but Livia, I think what, what's going on there like they're
2: a team who consistently do very well compared to their resources and and, and it can be over they still were able to go out and spend a, I think a six figure fee on George the goalkeeper mm. not entirely convinced by him he, he might be alright but I'm not sure. I'm not sure you need to go and spend six figures to get a slightly better version of uh, what you, what else you have available. But we'll wait and see on that. He's a young goalkeeper. He's got he's got a chance certainly. Um, coming back to to Bacchus and Grieve, it's interesting with like the, the two players the two goal scorers. Bacchus came with a big big reputation from history. And unlike a lot of the other players that came out of the league, where it was like, oh yeah, they're fine. They might do okay. Um, he was he was very popular with Western Sydney and really, really a, a big player. He, he's um, And he's looked really good. But Grieve, I am astonished that Alex Grieve is, is even remotely a good player. He came from the <laughs> second tier of New Zealand football. And I spent, I, had, I was in holiday in New Zealand. I watched the game, I wasn't at a game, but I watched a New Zealand league game on the telly and this was a top flight, and it was like public park stuff, like it was barely you know, and, and this is the guy playing the second tier, and yet he looks tremendously competent um, as a forward yeah. at um, our level, and I think how they managed to identify him I have not got a clue, but what what a fantastic find of a player um, because he, is, he, is he a Top six Premiership striker, probably not, but is he a good enough striker to have in your squad? Yeah, and I think a lot of teams would kill to have that type of option. Um, but yeah, the the game as a whole was quite um, quite an interesting one, and in that it was I would say mildly entertaining for the first seventy five minutes in the sense of if you're a if you're if you enjoy kind of a particular style of football, which is quite I, I think you said up in that and Adam would be would be right. It was quite direct. There was that whole aspect to it. But at the same time, not event-packed and maybe not lots of quality football, but like if you're talking about, you know, technical skill and stuff like that, but enjoyable, but then it yeah, it sparked into life in terms of incident in the last fifteen. Um starting with the goal, and it's interesting because St. Mirren obviously had a few um a few long throws and then I will talk about it again with Celtic's uh, winning goal as well. When you have a weapon that you use over and over again, not only is that weapon value and it's the, the actual execution of that weapon, but the threat of it can often lead to other openings. And Because they're well, expecting that ball we get lunched into the box, when it comes short, they get completely caught out by it, and that's what what leads to the goal. And it's a lovely uh, like lovely work to go, and, and Bacchus does really well to, to stick it in. And you think Mirren are probably going to take the game there? Because yeah, they they Liffey were were in the game, but Handballer was was a threat kind of throughout. But they looked like they were going to take the game, and then there's obviously as as you mentioned, Ayunga's um, handball when
1: it's super Superman impression. So so I heard I, I, I saw Steve? someone said
2: yeah, I think it was you that said, you know, what a great save, and I was expecting it to be him um, to be like standing, you know, on the line, and it's you know going to the top corner, but it's the fact he's he's directly in front of his goalkeeper. How little do you trust Trevor Carson, like that? You're you feeling you have to do that, um, and yeah. and then most of the t- most of the time you're thinking you're taking the risk for your team, and that risk kind of pays off in the sense that the the penalty's missed, but then it doesn't really pay off because. Livy scored five minutes later with the, the extra man and you think at that point the team with the extra man is going to kick on but St Mirren did, did commit and did try and win the game um, kind of happened to Kelly up at Dingwall as well earlier in the season where you think when the other team goes down to 10 you, you're going to be in the ascendancy but sometimes it doesn't work that way um, with Livy's goal, Joel Newbley
1: that's a weird cross isn't it it, it, can we talk about like there's no there's not a lot of spin on it is there like it's it's like he's hit it like a golf shot hasn't
2: i i have never seen such an enigma of a footballer as joe nubly like last season in the championship obviously played against us a couple of times for our growth you could not get near him you couldn't get the ball off him he hardly scores any goals he spends most of his game on the left wing and yet he, he cannot the impacts constantly impacts games and and I, I I genuinely couldn't place like what level because some of the things he does you're like like League One Scotland level and then sometimes you're like like across like that you would see at the very very top level like you could imagine a World Cup quarter final or something and that being slung in and you're just saying oh what a, you know but it's like the Spain fullback or something doing it.
0: Because I, w- I would say probably like the worst foot in the the Premiership is Joel Newbly's left foot. He's <laughs> uh, On the evidence I've seen this far this season, he cannot use his left foot. And then he puts that cross in with his left foot. Uh, like, I mean, it was like, was it an accident? Was it just like a swing? I mean, it was a very weird technique. Um, And but like right on Bruce Anderson's head, I mean, tremendous cross, tremendous cross. And uh, I always quite like it when there's like, you have like the beanpole striker actually crossing for the tiny B striker, and the tiny B striker scores the header. Um, so that was a nice sort of uh, little uh, quirk to it. But yeah, a very, a very, very odd but brilliant footballer.
2: And and then uh, sadly, as efforts as as they some sometimes are were <laughs> for nothing because. It's, it's a really good poacher's goal from Grieve, there's like a, a ball in the box it bounces about, and how often, you see I'm thinking of Ryan Jack against Ukraine in midweek, last midweek mm. the ball bounces about and it falls to a player you don't want it to fall to it and they, <laughs> they, do not, they don't have a clue how to react but when you're a, a striker um, and we talked about, you know, the New Zealand second tier, Alex Grieve's Grieve at that level, scored a lot of goals, and I think sometimes with a finish like that, it, you just need to be in the habit of the ball dropping and you sticking it in the net. It doesn't really matter what level. There, I,
1: I agree with you that to a certain extent, but he, he prepares his body for it all. That's the, he, and he makes sure he's got hold of Devlin, so Devlin can't get anywhere. Like he, he does position himself to be in that position, if that makes sense. So I think he's. Potentially a lot, smart, a lot smarter than we maybe give them credit for. But I was, I was really impressed by that piece of movement. But if again, it's those sorts of things that we don't see in every single game. So you're not entirely convinced it was deliberate.
2: But they, I think they've got a lot of that, and they've got a lot of these kind of three quarter players—the guys that sometimes, most most of the time, do something for you, and they can have absolute stinkers. But when it all clicks. You think of like Curtis Main up front, he's the same. Like he can absolutely terrorise teams and then sometimes he he terrorizes his own fans basically and like
0: <laughs> Mark O'Hara is another example. Yeah, O'Hara
2: well is another yeah, another one and, and they've got all a lot of these guys and, and there will probably be a day when none of them turn up and they get beat six 0 at home, but um they're all then there's beat, days they, when
1: they do all turn up and they
2: beat Celtic. Yeah, Exactly. And and they were tremendous against Celtic. They were good again, um Interesting that two players, um, Shognesey and Kilty, that you thought were on their way out, kind of seem to be making their way back in a bit as well. And and there's just Robinson, yeah, he's, Robinson got compared to Alexander a little bit in the sense that they both managed Motherwell and they were both quite pragmatic managers. But Robinson's <laughs> got a lot more. Um, his teams still are exciting in a way. And and I think you saw a bit of that and any in I couldn't imagine a player like Greg Kilty being accommodated in a um, in an Alexander team, but with with Robinson, you you feel he's always going to give them games here and there, and and, and again he just brought a little bit of poise to to what Saint Mirren did, and and so there's there's a lot to like about Saint Mirren. I I think as happened with Robinson a few times, they could they could go on like a fifteen game run without winning as well, because that's just. How they go, but um at the moment they look like we have a, a decent chance um of the top six But how many times have we have we said that about some uh, Yeah, we don't want to damn that we're
1: easily damned. I think um so so I think we'll move on because uh, from that uh, and my link is that um Sean Kelly's uh, penalty miss was funny, and uh so Dunn United's attempt at structuring a midfield. As they went down, I oh know it's, it's, it's not great, but we'll, we'll take it. Um, as they went down two two one to St Johnston, St Johnston uh, continued their. This must be eight years now since uh, United have beaten St Johnston at Tannadice. I mean, albeit some of those years, then United were were out of the Premiership, but still not a, a not a happy home ground for for such a big derby match like that. Um, you'd you know you'd have thought they'd be up for it, but um, yeah, Ewan, what, what what your what your takes on on seeing uh, Stevie May one one week after Craig Fowler releases a, a <laughs> podcast called "Them One Season Wonder," and he and he rolls back the years.
0: He, he did, he did. Um, possibly by accident, because I don't think he meant to finish the way he finished at all, but um, that that probably helped him and then you could I think you could sort of see the difference in him once he'd scored uh, by accident or not. Like He, he was then, well he's, he's always all over the place, but he was all over the place and uh, the, the shot that hit the bar later on was something I I just think he probably wouldn't have attempted if he hadn't scored already. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought uh, St Johnson looked pretty good first half uh, but I mean you can't really talk about this game without talking about how horrendous the United were I mean I, 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 personally I've, I've thought throughout that probably purely based on watching the, the first Atmar game that this Dundee United team you know, are are a lot better in the league position. Suggests something happened. You know, obviously with, with Ross, and you know once the team settles down, they'll be absolutely fine. I don't think so now. That that, that is proper alarm bells. If you get beat off the back of, I mean, they played pretty well. at the, the week, well, two weeks ago. Um, so and I thought on the back of that, you know, I I, I thought they would uh, they, they would probably beat St. Johnson, and then you know kick on. Uh, no, uh, they they have serious serious problems. Um, I mean, they, they will concede so many goals this season, probably until January, because I, I think the personnel just will will not keep the ball at the net.
1: But it's okay because Tony Watt said they won't be relegated, <laughs> and we all know that that famously never never backs fires. Uh, I mean, you you're right about. I mean, in the in the build up to the second goal, just noticed how static that United defense. you know, they look they look they look like Sabutio players almost that they were like oh yeah I'm allowed to move my feet whilst we don't have the ball like it was like it's it's alarming and and Craig I suppose what was your <laughs> what was your take from uh another another uh insipid performance from United where they just appear not to want to defend and then decide that actually midfields just to be avoided as well.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like I have to be careful what I say about Dundee United because I seem to have somehow developed a reputation as uh, as hating them. But uh, well, I mean, I do. But I also hate 40 <laughs> other clubs in the SPFL, possibly 41 a lot of the time. Um, Maybe even
1: 42. Actually, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, they they are not uh, they are not a very good team. The go- I think the goalkeeper situation is what breeds it all. To be honest, I think. I think it's like a it's like an illness that spreads through the team because you lose faith in a goalkeeper and then suddenly the defence start panicking, they start to lose confidence and then and it just spreads. And I think the problem they have is they now have two they're stuck with two goalkeepers that aren't good enough. I think. Mm. Um I ah, yeah. This feels it's
0: very much like no, a I I don't
1: think you uh, it feels Don't like a Kilmarnock fan thing.
0: of twenty twenty one season uh, talking here.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but that was the case. Like we we started that season, and I mean we, we we used at least I think three goalkeepers in that season, that none of them were uh, were good enough. Um, and and we started off confidently, and then it just trickled away as the mistakes started coming. Having said that, I think Ryan Edwards has been he's been terrible this season. He, he he runs like he's torn a tractor at times, and and that that opening goal like the, it was the opening goal, wasn't it? The shape yeah. that he's um, he's deeper than everyone else. He lets me in. I, I think I think the finish was reminiscent of Stevie May and he's he's one good season. Like the the way it went in, um, but yeah, the the. That's not the only part, that's what I mean, it's like, it, it, you start off by saying, yeah, they're, they're okay up, up front and stuff, but then nothing's even clicking there, and Fletcher puts himself a bit well, gets involved, lots of nice touches and stuff, but he he probably isn't going to be the one that will score the goals, and you look around and say, who oh, will? And I it's hard to say, and the problem I have now is... Liam Fox like does not convince at all um as a manager, does he? I mean, his post-match interview was just so meek and so <laughs> and, and it's hard to Cathero-esque. Yeah, cathero-esque is what I said earlier, and it's like I don't I don't want to assume that the perception that you get of a manager in an interview is always the same as what they're like in a dressing room. But ultimately, like when you when your job is communication and, and to some extent all of ours is, and we do this on podcasts, you have a certain base level. And even if you're communicating to a different audience and you're communicating in a different way, like there's still there's still a sort of natural timber to the way you talk and you've you've got you've got that. Ability, You don't suddenly go from being able to inspire and talk to people to to being a mumbling idiot. And Fox, to me, looked like a rabbit in headlights in front of the cameras. His previous managerial spell would again suggest that he didn't exactly um, inspire a dressing room at Cowdenbeath. Yeah, there was a lot of other things going on there. It was a difficult job. And I just wonder if he is an example of one of these guys that's good as a coach because, you know, he, he can... He's got the ideas, but he doesn't need to inspire people with him. He just needs to tell the manager almost. And the manager is there as a the speaker. And and for all Jack Ross's folks, Jack Ross knows how to speak. He's a smooth operator. Jack Ross is ten times the manager. For me, that Fox is. Yeah. And well,
0: you can't argue that the, given the records.
2: That's the question I ask is like Ross probably had to go because just the, the way the start went. But <laughs> have you just made yourself worse by doing it? I don't know. Um, so so there's a lot hangs on on that as well. But yeah, uh, to to move on to St Johnston, like I I wrote them off quite quite big time at the start of the season. I still think they're they're, they're far from perfect as a team. But what they did is they eventually went out. We talked about goalkeeper position. They went and got a half decent goalkeeper because that was where they were really scrambling around. And Elliot Parrish was playing in the the preseason, and they were talking about signing like Sam Walker, like our second choice keeper, who by chance not where you want to be. No, not where you want to be. Matthews is coming. Matthews is he, he did pretty well for Hamilton when he played here before, and he has played at a pretty good level, and he looks confident. They've brought in Alex Mitchell, who seems to be a good find, um, and and pretty solid as a centre back. Constantine's done better than I think I was expecting from him. and they're starting to introduce some legs into the team. You know, like you've got like Wright, um, who can run, and and you start to see little glimmers of things are got even like Nicky Clark again, like just a, a forward who moves. We, I, I've, I've been a. a I have become a long-time admirer of Chris Kane. I wasn't for a while, and then probably the last three or four years, I've thought, yeah, he, he's got a lot to offer to the team. While he's not there, Clark is offering something quite similar, just, just tirelessness and absolute pest. But also, when he gets the ball, he's not daft with it. Like, he does, he does kind of involve himself in the game. And all of that, to me, suddenly makes you think, hey, they've got a chance. I think they can still struggle when they play teams with pace, teams with directness and all the rest of it, because I think there might be issues there. Fortunately for them, their next game is against Kilmarnock on Wednesday, and I don't think <laughs> they'll, have to, they'll have to struggle with those things. Um, I'm quite looking forward to that game, because I've seen, I, I didn't watch this whole game, I've only seen bits and pieces of St Johnston, but they're, they're kind of proving me wrong a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it turns out.
0: Yeah. It's uh, I suppose if you look at like the two lineups, you know, the, the both playing sort of back three, um or slash back five, uh, you know, three midfield two up front, but like Dundee United, if you look at it, it looks soft. Like Liam Smith is a fullback playing in the back three. That can work, but doesn't really. Edwards can't run as you see, so tries to play people offside so he doesn't have to run. Graham is uh, quite a Stupid defender, Un, um, unproven, um, unpro- unproven. Unproven. Uh, yeah, let's raw. say that's that's more polite. <laughs> raw. Okay. Uh, so we'll chase after people that run past them, even if his uh, partner's trying to play them offside. And then your midfield three, are like Harkes, Levitt and McGrath, who, who should all be like ball players. Yeah, uh, you know, but no, none of them have a defensive bone in the body, really. Whereas St. John'son have three proper centre halves across the the defence, and Ryan McGowan sitting in front of them. As well as a like halberd, because you know, can get stuck in. Now, it doesn't sound you know great in terms of playing football, but organisationally, like St Johnson are just you know streaks ahead of of Dundee United in terms of personnel. And then you've got the the fact that Cam Davidson is a much better manager than Liam Fox, so it's probably yeah. not that big well, a surprise. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it,
1: yeah, it gives you a platform. It might be unglamorous that uh, what you were saying about awesome, but it gives you a, it keeps you in games, which is crucial, especially if you're done United this season. Uh, but also, it gives you a platform from which to build on by staying in the game. Like it's not like it's not surprising, and I think that <laughs> Dylan Levitt must just be. I mean. Must be wondering what on earth that that what into. He's uh, getting further and further away
2: from. <laughs> like he might still he might still be in this squad.
1: He but, seems to um, still
0: be in there, but yeah, it's uh, it's because I mean now, uh, it's, it
1: must be based yeah. on previous reputation as opposed to what he's uh, other than form at the moment because he's he's barely noticeable in games and if he does it does contribute it is poor um, so. I mean, he's he's he'd be worried about that, and, and I suppose maybe maybe Dundee United are just thinking we just need to get through to November and VSS But again, there just seems to be stuff off the park. Doesn't seem like a happy squad. Um, would be a fair thing to say. But then also the 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 stuff you hear about the club itself, you know the the, the um he, he, they can't spend money <laughs> come January, and they don't appear to have many sellable assets at this stage. So I'm not I'm not really sure. What the what the way out is?
0: Levitt fires Wales to the World Cup semi-finals yeah. and they sell him for three million, and then that sorts everything out. But um, that's maybe it, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, ideally, if he gets a goal against England, then that's all. That <laughs> yeah, really was, everyone's like, on that. Yeah, yep. everyone's wanna. Uh, so from, from Tandys, time time, we'll go to uh, Saturday's lunchtime kickoff at Tynecastle Park, uh, which saw. Rangers trot out. I think would be fair to say four nil winners. Uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst quite likes playing hearts, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he does. He does. Um, I I I thought this game was going to be a lot closer than it than it turned out to be, and I had had I not been uh, so much of a shitebag and thought about it. Actually, we've all you know over the last uh, I'd say the well, last year or so, Rangers have always played well against hearts even in the games that have finished draws as well, you know cup final was a draw over 90 minutes and and they also there was a draw at Ibrox last season but both games rangers absolutely battered hearts i, I think they they suit playing hearts um and i think especially suit playing hearts when hearts pick such a open team as well i uh, i thought a uh, and uh, so while while i i didn't think rangers played well first half really and, and actually for quite uh, big chunks of the second half didn't play particularly well either but the hearts were so open that they were uh, every time Rangers got into the hearts half I thought it looked like they were going to score and uh, happily uh, did uh, twice um, in the first half Cholak uh, is is really uh, really deadly at the moment I, mean, I think he's outperforming his, his XG uh, nerd alert by about 5 I think he's, he's on about 3 point something XG and he scored 8 goals so uh, that's probably I mean the nerds would say that's unsustainable but I, I would like to think it's just because he's a brilliant finisher and he's going to keep on doing that all season and we don't need to worry about that um, And uh, but yeah it's certainly a, a better um, obviously much better result um, than Rangers has been getting recently but also probably a better performance albeit not one I would get massively carried away with, uh, given the circumstance, and obviously, uh, Cammy Devlin um, completely losing the head uh, helped with that as well. And I would uh, agree
2: course course with you, like, like a...
1: not, that, not, not that sort of player.
2: Uh, of I, I would agree with you, Ewan, in general, like, the Overall performance like from Rangers... I I have not really been convinced by Rangers many times this season. I thought the PSV away game in the Champions League, I thought they, they were pretty good um, in that one. And there have been bits here and there, but I, I've yet to kind of see... And I've, I've not seen all their games and stuff like that, but I've yet to see the ones that have a big performance from them. And even when you 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 know, you say 4-0 at Tynecastle, I don't think that was a 4-0 at Tynecastle type of performance. It was just... Yeah. It was. Two it was, it was from Hearts. I mean that. that was probably oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's fair. But yeah, um, it wasn't from Rangers. Two very clinical pieces of finishing, and then you know it's 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 wrapped up at the end when when the game was dead. But Hearts, yeah, it was an exciting game to watch because Hearts were so open, and it could have worked. Like there were a couple of times when they had like half decent counters and, and breaks and there were opportunities. Um, they were getting in behind Barisic quite a lot, um, down down the right hand side. I thought, but so often it was maybe like Michael Smith in that position or something, and the the quality of the final ball wasn't there, um, and that was a bit of an an ongoing issue for Hearts, I would say, throughout the game, and they were an absolute mess at the back. I would
1: would would you suggest that playing the the experiment of Stephen Kingsley at the, at left centre half? Is uh, in a, in a four is now over.
2: Yeah, well, they've done it a couple of times, and I've I've been told that he's looked <laughs> all right But I just thought maybe that's against like you know lesser of opposition. A left back, absolutely, yeah, really good one. A left centre back in a three, perfect, great. But and probably a central midfielder, probably fine. But cause he's a he's a really talented player, but. A a centre back in a four like just just no it was like when Scott McKenna got injured and people were asking why he wasn't initially called up to the Scotland squad it's like well because he's not going to replace Scott McKenna in a four four two I Um but yeah that, particularly I mean, beside
0: uh, Louis Nielsen as well which and that's that's not to be harsh on because I think he's uh, you know quite a good prospect but he's not played that many games and and you're asking him probably. In some respects, to keep Kingsley right at centre half, I, I I just I, I didn't think uh, that that was that was uh, a great great idea at all. Oh. But you, you
1: could just see it. You could just see it every time Rangers attacked. There was just these gaps all over the like oh, throughout the defence, and and. It, it, bizarre to give someone like kolak who yo, you know if the one thing you know about him as soon as you run about 18 yard box he's pretty deadly mm-hmm. it just it, yeah it seemed man madness i'm not sure if it's uh I, I, i'm not sure why nielsen thought it was a good idea but i think there's still i think there's still some sort of hangover from his first spell and and potentially the thing of of them in being too defensive minded or, or something like that but it I don't know. I, for I. It.
0: I've thought of that a few times this season um, with Nielsen. That he's he sometimes it's almost like he feels like he has to go for it more than he actually should. Um, I mean, I, I didn't think there was any need for Hearts to, to pick. A, you know, it, it, so obviously, go with a back four that includes a, a full back at, at, at centre half. Then your midfield, Devlin and um, <clears throat> Kyomar Zoglu. Go with, um, you know, fair enough. That, that's fairly solid. But then the rest are all attackers. I mean, Humphreys is sort of a striker playing out wide in the right, who actually played pretty well, I thought. Yeah, quite a bit um, Yeah, uh, and then you've got Forrest, who's not great defensively. Barry Mackay is pretty much a man down off the ball, and and Shankland. So. I mean, to me, that's really open because you're. It's almost like attack and defense that sort of team for me. Um, and uh, against, I mean, a, a Rangers. Not the Rangers have been playing fantastically well of, of late, but we are still Rangers. <laughs> you're know, got some players that can. Uh, uh, or are we? Um, but you know, we still got we've got some players that can that can really hurt teams if, if they get the chance. And uh, and normally, it your know, teams really don't. Play uh, sort of fall into Rangers trap uh, to to that extent, and and that's why Rangers struggle uh, more than normally more than we we did on Saturday. So so yeah, I I thought it was an odd um, odd team selection. Really, guys like I mean Andy Halliday, to me should have been playing in that game. Um, You know, just stiff in the midfield, go go sort of four three three. You know, and and you could play like Humphreys. And Mackay maybe, and just, you know, use Forrest us off the bench and and you don't have another man in the middle of the park. But 'cause it was I felt like Devlin couldn't keep going with, with Arfield and that was probably partly because we had an extra man in the midfield. And you know, you shouldn't well, he, really yeah. he, have that.
1: You mentioned you mentioned Devlin there. I think um <laughs> we can't really not talk about his red card because he he seemed genuinely shocked that it'd been shown to him. <laughs> um Craig, as a former referee, <laughs> was was there any any uh, indecision in your mind about that?
2: oh well, no, the, I didn't. I didn't kind of catch it live, if you know what I mean. Because it, it looked quite innocuous, but when you see the replay back, it's it's a horrible ta- tackle. It's like people people talk about horror tackles and stuff, where a player is making an attempt to to get the ball, and they just like they just overstretch or a bit. It's a bit of lunging, you know. They catch someone on the shin or whatever, and, and it looks really bad. But you can see that their intent is is to win the ball, and they've just kind of got got lost lost kind of control a bit. But Devlin goes in to do exactly that, and and to me that's a mm. lot worse. That's the type of tackle that players should kind of have the, the book thrown at them for. I, I doubt it will, because I don't think I don't think I'm, I can ever remember a player having an extended ban, even though there, there's a theory it could be done um, for for just a tackle, but. Um, I I just think it's it's cowardly to be honest. Like he's just went kinda be bothered with this, I'm just gonna try and hurt someone and I I have seen people try and justify that, but for me it's like and 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 it's not out of character either. If you know what I mean. He's I mean maybe he's never done that before, but he's a very dirty player and um yeah, I I didn't like it at all, to be honest. And I would be the first to very happily try and defend uh, a decision that that went against Rangers or whatever, and trying and, uh, try and noise people up with it, but not in this occasion. It was just such a clear red card.
1: What What's most remarkable when you see it in the replays is how how far away he is from the ball. The ball is is dead when he, when he makes. There's uh, about half a second before the challenge, and he's and he makes the he. he Goes in, and then also the ball the ball doesn't move at any point. That's what's more like there's that that's I think that that's the thing that damns him the most is that it was it it was a, a, a yeah a cowardly act wasn't
0: it Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't really. I mean, he didn't even need to get involved at all. I mean, that was it, as soon as he was running over, I was like, oh yeah. And I thought he might like uh, slide tackle in. Um, which would have been better, as it turned out. Um, but just you know, it was one of those where he was running, and you're like, you shouldn't be getting involved here. You're about to do something stupid. Um, but especially
1: uh, at the PC was running uh-huh. like he wasn't like he was. Yeah, it was. You could tell something was a mess. Yes. I, I think yeah.
2: you, I, th- I think you can tell from the reaction of like every single person in the dugout. You know when there's a bad tackle, people in the dugout got up and start a fight. and that occasion, it was like the ref came over there, okay? and every, yeah. everyone was like. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a... Reg- <laughs> Nielsen was kind of over at, um, over at the Rangers player and it was all very amicable because it was just like everyone on the bench is like, yeah, that's a red card and that's fucking stupid. Let's, uh, let's not fight over this. Like <laughs> everyone agrees as I kick over my bin. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, High quality recording we get here.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, d- I mean, I've heard Robbie Nielsen afterwards saying that the referee could have dealt with it differently. I'm not entirely sure... How he could have dealt with it. I really, I, re- I
1: did. I re- I really did want uh, an an interviewer to to go in quite hard on him and be like, what what exactly do you mean by that? Like, I, yeah, I, mean, I don't sort, think any sort of fans gonna...
2: football fans or pu- people saying it's <laughs> that's not an answer. It's just like a a a, a, platon- a platonic. not the word. A um, platitude. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just like what 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 other option was available to the referee at that, that, that stage? Like, you know, so. yeah. um, it was about and the only well, I mean,
0: thing that Steve McLean got right in the game, I would say. Um, <laughs> but I uh, obviously felt sorry for Craig Gordon having a few sleepless nights this week and uh, give, let him away with a, a complete howler uh, for what should have been the third goal. Um, and he got himself in a fankle a couple of times in the second half, McLean, the one time when the ball hit off him and then he let Rangers play on and then realised he wasn't allowed to do that and pulled the game back when they just like, got to the box it's like what that's just annoying everybody like what why did you do that <laughs> um so uh,
1: so yeah well Not, if players allowed a bit of ring rust after um you know after after international break then surely it stands to reason that the domestic referees are also in the same same position especially you know a lunchtime kickle probably yeah but it
0: looked like it anyway. <laughs> um but
1: yes well you know um Robbie Matundo could could count as a lucky That he wasn't the, the most appalling Victim of a, of a, an assault in a football Ground uh, this weekend As uh, Joe Hart was almost Killed by uh, Motherwell Solomon In uh, in that game At uh, Celtic Park which finished 2-1 To Celtic uh, keeping them On top I think my My main conclusion from for watching uh, Much of this game is that uh, And the highlights is that uh, Stephen Welsh is no Cameron Carter Vickers
0: no he's not he's not I think he's he's having one of these sort of charmed careers he can have sometimes Stephen Welsh where if you're just in the right place at the right time you can end up with like like a lot of medals and you know you might even get the odd Scotland cap when you know he could just have easily have you know be you know be on like a two-year deal at Morton you know it's (laughs) he's pretty much that level I, I think um you know, I, I think, for example, like Lewis Mayo, when I've seen them play for Scotland under two ones, I think Lewis Mayo's a better player. I don't think Lewis Mayo's good enough for Kilmarnock. Um And I don't think Stephen Welsh would look good enough for Kilmarnock if he was playing for Kilmarnock either. But he is uh, he's playing for Celtic somehow. Um, and he's just sort of going to hang on for, for uh, dear life, I imagine, there. Phil's uh, at a sort of homegrown spot in the, the European squad and all that as well. So he, he'll, he'll probably uh, just keep on doing that until... He, he outstays his welcome, um, but yeah, he's Celtic really missed uh, Carter Vickers. Um, I was speaking to uh, a friend of the pod, uh, Stevie, Dinn about that, and he was saying that, you know, he thinks Celtic are, are really quite a, a poor team or have been in the last um, in the last couple of games, uh, and that's because of um, of Carter Vickers uh, not being there. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, the Celtic look like they can be got at all of a sudden, which is. Uh, Pleasing for me, um, but also good for the rest of the league because it it actually it looked you know very much like they were just gonna uh, sort of march serenely to the the title, which I think, to be honest, I think they probably uh, will still in the in the in the end up. But they have shown at least some signs of frailty in the last couple of games, which bodes well for the rest of the league.
1: Letting... And, and potentially one of the funniest own goals we've seen in in quite a while, Craig.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and I was going to say like they they'll, they've been letting midfield runners go down the middle, and that's what happens when you don't have a, a holding midfielder. I know that um, Abdul Gard, um came on for his league debut in stoppage time, but I do wonder like that there might be a time and a place for a player like that, and, and maybe before a European game when you just need to get a win, it might be the time. Um, because like I think the goal came from a Mullerwell player just being left to charge um off the ball right through the middle of Celtic's midfield and um and, and ended up getting on the ball on the edge of the box. And I think it was a deflected shot, I could be mistaken, but that, that was certainly led like, to one of the corners that Mullerwell got in that period. Um and then the ball comes into the box and obviously it's it's an absolute disaster that, that the the pair of them get involved in and I don't even know whose fault it is it's actually really hard to tell I think um, Hart should be shouting for that ball and if he hasn't then Duranovic kind of has to do what he did but it's really hard to tell exactly where the fault lies but yeah it's it's, um, it's a very amusing uh, own goal uh, and, and I I Really, really enjoyed um, the commentator on sports scene saying that it was in the back of the net. Um, when it was, it could not have been further from the back of the net whilst still being a goal. It was about half an inch over the line at the furthest point. Um, and 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 I think that's a, a a catchphrase, a cliche that we have to be very careful with. Um, it was it, it hit the side net at one point, I think, before it got cleared. But yeah, and at that point. I think if Motherwell, that game was kind of there for Motherwell. I mean, maybe it wouldn't matter. Maybe they could have, you know, they'd have gone 2-1 up and lost 3-2 anyway. But they had Celtic rattled a wee bit. And there were kind of wee half, half openings, nothing bigger than that, um, that, that came their way. But ultimately, it's it's a it's another bit of, of excellent quality that wins it for Celtic. And they, I, I talked about St Mirren earlier with the long throw. It's the same with Celtic. Um, they load the, the box with bodies at corners. They've got a lot of big guys. Obviously, Carter Vickers isn't there this time, but Jens is say they've got big bodies. they sling a lot of corners into the box, and then what happens is because they've been doing that, all the Motherwell uh, all the players get drawn into the into the kind of sort of penalty spot area and in between there, and then it leaves Hattate free <laughs> on the edge, and it's not a purely oily free on the edge because I don't think there have been many. More reliable distance shooting players in Scottish football. Ryan Ryan Christie got a lot of stick. I would say somewhat unfairly because I think he's actually pretty good at shooting from distance relatively, but it's just that shooting from the edge of the box is pretty hard. Like most of the time, you don't hit the target. Um, but Hatati has a real knack of, um, of finding that top corner, and and that's well, it wasn't quite the top corner, but close enough. Um, was it? I mean, it was a, it was a great yeah. hit, great hit. And we've seen almost that carbon copy goal from him before, um, and yeah, that was just that extra bit of quality that um, that won the game. Plus, Callum McGregor taking one for the team at the end. Um, when it was Hatata that made the mistake, actually. Um, but yeah, there was just That's what Celtic do sometimes, and it's annoying when you're a supporter of another team and you think you've got a wee chance of taking a point off them away, and then it's almost, there's almost very little that your team can do. Cause again, you can see, and 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 I would guess that, that um, Stevie Hamill will say, you know, why don't you close them down more? But it's like, if they had been so loose as to close them down, they'd be saying, why isn't everybody marked up in the box? You, you have to do something. Yeah. And uh, there, there's always, you're always going to get taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, it was, it's a really good um uh, sort of pass from from Jota I think as well. Which is nice, and obviously he's got that quality that he just zips it straight into Tati, um, which is the you know obviously gives Tati the chance to to get the ball his feet and shoot quickly before anyone can get near him. Um, what do you think of the the red card? To me, it is ah. definitely a red card, but you know I, I just think well, Welsh is too far away from from Tierney for me.
2: I, I, yeah, I agree and I think one of the things that I'd try as I a I was refereeing him and um, we went to a, we had a seminar thing at Hamden once and it was Willie Collum who was talking about this and he basically said when there's like an incident like this you should almost be replaying in your head at every second every time there's a change in the action if there's a foul here is it a red card or a yellow card and you should basically be thinking every time there's a big movement and to me regardless of Welsh's position as soon as that ball goes to Tierney um, you think he is—he's clear on the goalkeeper. He's going to get a shot hearts off his line. Everything points to Tierney having a really clear goal-scoring opportunity, and McGregor takes him out before he can even get towards the ball. Mm-hmm. And to me, to me, it's an absolute nailed-on red card. I, I don't really—I I think McGregor knew it was a red card. I think the only criticism came kind of afterwards, and and I think. McGregor was happy with the record nobody that was what was needed to win the game McGregor will mm-hmm. be absolutely delighted to, to get a wee rest because he rest. plays every <laughs> single game of football for about six years non-stop um, hopefully and... this breaks him
0: this is, I mean from a Scott perspective it. no but yeah if, if he was to yeah that's a few more Celtic games that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh, but yeah no it's that's the only way he's going to get rest. But yeah, I, I just, I thought it was, um, yes, he's, he's, he's through and go. He's going to get a shot of some description. Um, I, th-
1: I thought I, for me, it was a maybe this doesn't factor into it, but why personally I felt it was a red, um, even if it's not in the rules, was the fact that he had, he almost had two nibbles at him. You, hmm. it was a very deliberate attempt to, to, to slightly clip, and then he, then he does grab him, and so I kind of think that that's that, that, that he's shown. Premeditation as well as an element. Well, your, he, definitely your, your it. he definitely meant it.
0: He definitely meant it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, uh... And but again, it's, it's uh, yeah. You're, everyone, uh, you're both absolutely right. McGregor's absolutely no skin of his nose. You know, Celtic got like you know, even if even if Motherwell had equalized in that game, it was not going to be on Cal McGregor because he was doing what. You would hope every player on your team would do to take one for the team. And that, that
2: if that had been Tuesday night and it had been the exact same position, you would have been desperate for Callum McGregor to do exactly the same thing. And that's that's what boils down to. That's how you win games. And it's not maybe it's maybe distasteful to some people, but I I think I think it's it's maybe
1: Scottish football isn't for them. Yeah, exactly. I would agree. I would
2: agree. We've seen worse.
1: Yeah. So uh, then we'll move the second last game of the weekend. I think we'll we'll go to Petaudre for this um, just because the narrative trademark demanded that uh, certain things happened in this and uh, that that included Aberdeen getting a very, very, very soft penalty because I'm pretty sure you'd have won this game otherwise. Is that right, Craig?
2: Yeah, I think the reason you have heard absolutely nothing from Comarnock about this penalty is that it would not have made the slightest bit of difference. It, It was a... I would say it was probably our worst performance this season. Um, yeah, the silence says it all there. Kelly <laughs> have, have been... I I had relatively high hopes at the start of the season on the basis that some of the players we brought in, I thought, yeah, these are all right signings. And when we get to the end of August, we clear out some more of the Deadwood and we get you know a few more bodies in. That would be good, but then we didn't. Nobody took the deadwood. Um, I mean, being deadwood, maybe that was inevitable, and thus you end up starting a Premiership game at Petardie with Liam Polworth and Brad Lines in the centre of the park, and that's not a comfortable place to be. And that that's the kind of worry now is that there are there are some things to like about the squad, but. As well as that there's the circumstance things like Al Alibi also being out injured for a game like this, but then also Fraser Murray, who's probably now the second choice right wing back, is also not available, which leaves you uh, it leaves leave someone deciding to go to a four four to our back four. I personally wouldn't have done. I know some people prefer us to have a back four. I would rather just have seen someone like Mackenzie been asked to play wing back, um because I think he could do it um Lewis Mayo, I thought at Partick Thistle last season didn't look great as a right back, and then or a left back, and then when he played um, in in the centre, was was quite a composed central defender, and I think that back three, a um, our, our back three of uh, right, Taylor and Mayo could at times be quite good. I thought the opening game of the season it worked really nicely, but. As soon as you, I don't think Wright can play in a back four Taylor doesn't look as good in a back four and Mayo is not a fullback Mayo had an absolute horror show of a game and then uh, nothing is happening up front as well because La- Lafferty started the season carrying a bit of an, an injury I think we've not, we didn't see the best of him um, because of that McInnes is obviously thinking, right, well, we'll get Lafferty up to speed a bit. His fitness will improve and hopefully we'll get something out of him. We need another body up front, someone who can come off the bench and impact games. We'll get in Christian Deutsch. Christian Deutsch. Christian Deutsch. He's not
1: looking like a starter. No, these I don't days. think he
2: was signed as a starter. The problem is now with the, the, the unpleasantness involving <laughs> Kyle Lafferty, he's not going to be seen probably. I mean, he was on the bench here, so who knows, but once this the he's not he's not going to get away with the S F A Charles, let's put it that way. Um we are then left with Christian Deutsch and his Cameron starting games. That's a worry, I would say. Um I would probably rather have Cameron with the way that Deutsch is um moving. I, I don't think he, he really is a player who's going to leave the the sort of centre you, you know how they they say about good centre forwards like situating themselves like just between the posts? That's fine, but they, they do also sometimes Situate himself somewhere else. Uh, I don't think he's just necessarily got that in his legs anymore.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's the sad point because he did. He did. He even bef- before his his bad injury, like when he wasn't when he wasn't scoring for Hibs he was at least being a nuisance. You know, like he was he was still making contribution to the team, whether uh, you know, and, and maybe not unfortunately getting a goal, but. It's it breaks my heart, <laughs> you know that he's he's just it's just not in him anymore. The,
2: the positive I would say for Kelly, the only thing is I would say, when we've played at home and we've played against teams that have been about as good or or you know you know the bottom half teams, we've generally looked pretty good. I thought we were pretty good against Dundee United, pretty good against Muller. We'll, we have a few more of those games coming up. Um, some of the, we've played eight games, so you can't say it this way, but some a lot of the games we've played have been. The fixtures we don't tend to do well in generally. Petard Easter Road, games against Rangers and Celtic, and up in Dingwall have all been games that historically we've never done very well in.
1: But basically, Craig, you're you're wanting to t- let us know when you're getting to Tynecastle. Well, well, exactly,
2: um, but but sadly, I think we're only there once before the split, um, so that that that's an immediately three points down the drain. Um, But yeah, so there are not, it's not an entirely negative situation. I think it was right to give McInnes the new contract. I think that's stability. I think I wouldn't put a lot of the blame at his door for what we've seen. I would put a lot of the blame at the door of what happened last summer, which has left us with... A very disjointed squad, um, and and I think this season now we have to reevaluate. It just has to be stay up however you can, and get to the summer, mm. get rid of a lot of players, and start again. And then
1: build from there, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: From Aberdeen, Aberdeen are a good team. Aberdeen are a very good team at Pataudry. Um They've I, scored a I lot of I
1: was going to ask that. I was going to ask that of both of you in terms of um, the Aberdeen seems streaky would be like are, are is it a case that they're just flat track bullies this season and that might that might be enough to get them top four um but generally I cannot see that performance and then what they did two weeks ago at Easter Road where they just didn't show up like they, you know that was one of hips' easier easier games uh this season
0: yeah I mean I, 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 they sort of feel like a team that maybe needs something to go for them uh, to then play well. I mean, they've had a lot of red cards from opposition teams, uh, and uh, had, you know, had games at Pataudry. they didn't have that this time, but they did have an absolute shocker of a penalty uh, given to. I mean, Maj- Majofsky should get banned for that surely. I've not. Like, there's not been any. Is that still a thing that happens? It because... uh, is a
2: thing, and, and yeah, I think he, I think he cheated as well. and... Yeah, um, he did. But... As I say, I'm not, I'm not going to get angry about it because it made fuck yeah, all the difference right, to the game, yeah. but. Um... People disagree with me, but I think he—he like don't get me wrong—it was an absolute mess from Kelly and Heming wasn't the most convincing in the way he came out. But ultimately, doesn't he doesn't take out Miowski? Miowski goes over him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Has has the
1: compliance officer considered to uh, to cite him for a laugh? (laughs) Because <laughs> I would quite like to see Jim Goodwin's response, <laughs> just, just just to do it for just to, yeah, I mean, just yeah, to do it for that reason more than was, uh,
0: I mean, yeah, Majorski is a. If uh, Ryan Porch is a cheat, then Maevsky definitely is. Um, but so yeah, I, I thought that that I think that should be looked at. But uh, I did see the the job. There's a they're looking for a new compliance officer again. Um so I don't know. You're a lawyer, you I, well I I thought about <laughs> No, I didn't actually think about it fine Um there'd be some very interesting so it'd be more box office, I can tell you that. If I was the compliance officer, people would be getting sighted every week. Um but uh, but short lived I feel. Um uh but uh, but no, I, I thought Aberdeen looked good. I thought um uh Coulson looked Outstanding. I mean, that might have been because he was running past loose Mayo a lot, um, but I, I thought he looked looked excellent. And yeah, all round, just uh, you know, good performance from from Aberdeen. I mean, they can't uh, uh, really complain about um, about uh, their performance at all. Mayovsky will score a lot of goals in this league, um, regard cheating or not. Uh, he's he's you know a good finisher. Uh, and, and they've got options now up front, which, you know, they've obviously not had in, it feels like years. Aberdeen, term, you know, they've got Majofsky, uh, Duke, um, Basawan, you could probably include in that sort of group. And then even, not that I particularly rate him, but Ramirez if, you know, if all else failed, you could, yeah, uh, he could get involved. So, um, so that, yeah, no, you'd be pretty uh, happy with that as a as an Aberdeen fan. And it was a uh, pretty straightforward win really, in the end.
1: And then the final match that we're going to talk about this weekend was uh, up in Dingwall, Ross County nil, Hibernian 2. hibbs that's their third win on the spin. Ryan Porteous and his best buddy Martin Boyle with the goals. Uh, bit of a, it seemed like a bit of a lacklustre first half, but uh, with Hibs probably on top. Uh, and then just uh, the greatest footballer that Scotland has ever seen, Ryan Porteous, uh, just took the game by the... Uh, by the by the lapels and and and
2: sorted things out. It's, it's very rare to see a centre half take take the game by the scruff of the neck in such a in such a way. Like like you could see them like being a commanding defender, but no, he, he seemed determined that, that every single attack was going to go through him as well, which was quite interesting.
1: Take, take, yeah, I'm I'm still not a fan of him taking um, free kicks. Like it's a, like it's just he's not he's just not a free kick I, taker. I think, I think it's, all it's
2: a, all free kicks. Should be required to be center half their goalkeepers taking them, um, and <laughs> I, I, it's based from a days of Kevin McGowan suddenly just out of nowhere becoming like a free kick specialist for Kelly. I just think it's um, it, it's imperative for the enjoyment of the game that we start seeing a bit more of this because it's it's kind of gone recently
1: as a as a boyhood fan of uh, Jose Luis Chiliver uh, i am entirely on board for that in fact let's like uh, yeah free kicks and penalties i think that's i think that should be the new the new way forward uh you are are you now worried about the 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 marauding uh, Hibernian nation coming for coming for your second place as uh, as as an actual thread on hibs.net said on saturday night should is it too early to talk about splitting the old firm uh yes well
0: <laughs> I think any time is the wrong time to talk about that um, But I did uh, I did make a bet with a extremely drunk Hibs fan before the season started That uh, he It was £20, the Hibs would finish above Rangers Obviously I didn't make that bet, he made that bet Against me um, <laughs> But uh, this was just before the uh, uh, well, I think it was maybe a one game into the League Cup campaign possibly um, and they, they then oh we
1: had that we had that half an hour against Clyde <laughs> yeah, I think, think we convinced that, that ourselves was it. that and we were was, going to
0: be World he was drunk on yeah. Lee, Ro- uh, Lee Johnson at the time um, but uh, I'm still fairly confident that will be 20 pounds at the, the end of the season but we'll, we'll see how it goes um, but I think Ebbs was are sort of settling down you can sort of see a, a, a team emerging I think now from the I suppose a lot of change over the over the summer um And uh, there's still some bit, I mean, I think if you look at what you would try and sort of map out as the strongest Hibs team, there's probably still a few holes where you'd be like, that's like just the best of a bad bunch, probably the other centre half, I would say, that isn't Porches, and then the centre mids, generally. Um, would uh, I know some of them have like had had their moments and had their games, but I I, I think that's that's still a bit of an issue. But uh, certainly going forward, they look like they're starting to um, find a bit of a formula that works there, and and uh, they get two two good fullbacks and and probably Johan Porch Is probably the best of half out with Old Firm, I would say. Um, and and you're to be fair, probably good enough to uh, to play for either. Uh, it's certainly um you know on current form. Uh, with the the firm from of half, so, um, so yeah, it certainly looks looks a lot better than it uh, than it did, yeah, uh, probably uh, like a month ago for Hibs.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's certainly the case. And then Ross County, Craig, they're I mean, Malky Mackay has not got actually when you look at it, not a not a great um. Record overall, actually, like I think there's is flat. The, Ross County flat this even again. We we know they go through this, um, almost bi biannual. You know, actually, every time there's a window, isn't there? Basically, that they, there's some remorphing of the squad, but it it doesn't seem like it's it's quite there this season around. Yeah,
2: I've not I've not been much impressed with them this season. I think they they. Um... I mean, they started equally badly, if not more badly, last season and then they put put a run together at the right time and this is where people are very... There's no
1: Dundee this season yeah. though, That's the. I think that's the...
2: <laughs> but, but people are very quick to say, oh, that team, you know, there's no chance that team will finish in the top six. I still think, um, and I'll include my own team in that, I'll include Dundee United in that, it doesn't take much for them suddenly to click in you win like five games and suddenly you're sitting fourth in the league or something. It's maybe not going to quite be that way this season, but they timed it at the right time last season. And yeah, they they, they struggled after the split, but they were playing better teams, obviously. Um, and I think they will need to do the same again, because even they, 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 they beat Kelly, um, they were... Marginally the better team, but probably well, I say probably they they should have had two players sent off in the first half. As the compliance officer, Ewan's, uh, Ewan said, Ewan Ewan uh, did did what Ewan suggested and just cited everyone that week. Um,
1: I mean, rightly so. Yeah, no, no, as
2: well, but... Um, Those were shockers.
1: But you don't get that, but Kamarnak don't get that. No, no. I think that's one of them. I think that's the, the slightly annoying <laughs> what, what, thing as a, as a fan side of the... like You're like, well, you know, we could cite them after the game with us. like You kind of feel that at least if he's given like a four-game ban, the one of them should be held over for the next time he plays uh, Kamarnak. What I will
2: say in, that, in, in um, the referee's defence is that... Uh, they were they they were down to 10 men when they scored their goal to beat us 1-0 that day which uh, so i mean who knows but yeah that, that, that they haven't impressed this season maybe some of the players will click but the there's an assumption I think that because they did well last season with some of the loan players that they brought in from England that that's going to every time you sign loan players from England or Mackay some, somehow magically going to do what no other manager has ever done which is to successfully consistently mine the English loan market <laughs> um, and they're not necessarily getting a lot out of uh, the ones they've brought in so far um, they're not on loans but um, yeah I, I think they're not a very good team but they could they could turn around. I'm so reluctant to to make these big judgments on a team, but they 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 were pretty poor any time I've seen them this season.
1: Yeah, well, I think we'll we'll leave it on that that positive note. Uh, just a, a final thing to say: Thursday night is a is a huge huge match for the Scotland women's team. They are hosting Austria at Hampden Park. Yeah, tickets are on sale. I think they're going well. I think they've al- already. Beating the, the already sold at least 10,000 tickets uh, uh, late last week. Um, obviously, I think they're trying to look to smash the record to get from the, the the game against Jamaica as the World Cup warm-up. Uh, I know a few of us are, go- are going along on Thursday night. Uh, tickets are tenner if you're an adult and free if you have uh, Scotland Sports Club membership. Would thoroughly encourage you all to go along to that because I think it's going to be a, a good game B, hopefully, it can create a, uh, a good atmosphere, and C gives us an opportunity to potentially be going to the World Cup, which is is pretty exciting.
2: And I, I'm still toying with the idea of actually going to the World Cup again if we get there. So uh, it would be nice if <laughs> it would be nice if they gave me a um a, gave me a, a reason to try and think of it we can we can flights to
1: I, I'm sure we can work out some way if we, we finish as that third seed that we go into that we, oh, can, we can all go, go to the, the, the intercon, yeah. in, intercontinental <laughs> continental playoff in New Zealand in, in February. Um yeah we'll we we'll, we'll maybe try and make that work. But um aside from that we're about to head over to the Patreon uh patreon.com forward slash Terrace podcast you can up there, three tiers lots and stuff, there's just stuff going up right, every single day and, it's all, it, and it is all really good, including uh, Craig's fantastic 16-1 to 1, um, cu- uh, quiz, which sadly I exited uh, at, <laughs> you, at the first goal, thanks to Craig Fowler's flukiness You, you did uh, Ewan, who,
2: who was uh, too late on board the podcast to, to even be part of the competition Like he's not even on league for this competition pear. but next um, time
1: Next year, next year. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a, like a, like as an all Rangers fans, you will not hold a grudge and will I'm sure it will not be referenced at any point ever again. But uh, Ewan and Craig, thank you very much for for t- uh, taking time to discuss this weekend's uh, matches. You're Had a good time. Them,
2: yep. Thank you. Cheers.
1: Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye.